Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn 90. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am thine, and thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. Hymn 90. like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the place to click for the Wednesday evening text. That's where you'll find the readings for tonight. The theme for tonight is, the heaven or harmony we seek is right here. And the readings will now be given by Florence from, from Georgia. I will read from the Bible, Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Matthew. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. 
And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your far, heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Romans be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, said the Lord. Be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good. Revelation. 
and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Psalm Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. Heaven, Harmony, the Reign of Spirit, Government by Divine Principle, Spirituality, Bliss, the Atmosphere of Soul, Kingdom of Heaven, the reign of harmony in divine science, the realm of unerring, eternal, and omnipotent mind, the atmosphere of spirit where soul is supreme. Our master taught his disciples one brief prayer, which we name after him the Lord's Prayer. Our master said, After this manner therefore pray ye, and then he gave that prayer which covers all human needs. Only as we rise above all material sensuousness and sin can we reach the heaven-born aspiration and spiritual consciousness, which is indicated in the Lord's Prayer and which instantaneously heals the sick. Here let me give what I understand to be the spiritual sense of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, adorable one, thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Enable us to know as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And love is reflected in love. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Outside the material sense of things, all is harmony. The wrong sense of God, man, and creation is nonsense, want of sense. The miracle of grace is no miracle to love. Jesus demonstrated the inability of corporeality as well as the infinite ability of spirit, thus helping erring human sense to flee from its own convictions and seek safety in divine science. Reason, rightly directed, serves to correct the errors of corporeal sense, but sin, sickness, and death will seem real, even as the experiences of the sleeping dream seem real 
until the science of man's eternal harmony breaks their illusion with the unbroken reality of scientific being. To suppose that God constitutes laws of inharmony is a mistake. Discords have no support from nature or divine law, however much is said to the contrary. Truth never made error necessary, nor devised a law to perpetuate error. The supposed laws which result in weariness and disease are not his laws, for the legitimate and only possible action of truth is the production of harmony. There is but one way to heaven, harmony, and Christ in divine science shows us this way. It is to know no other reality, to have no other consciousness of life than good, God and his reflection, and to rise superior to the so-called pain and pleasure of the senses. If we look to the body for pleasure, we find pain. For life, we find death. For truth, we find error. For spirit, we find its opposite matter. Now reverse this action. Look away from the body into truth and love, the principle of all happiness, harmony, and immortality. Hold thought steadfastly to the enduring, the good, and the true, and you will bring these into your experience proportionably to the occupancy of your thoughts. You must feel and know that God alone governs man, that his government is harmonious, that he is too pure to behold iniquity and divides his power with nothing evil or material. You must learn to acknowledge God in all his ways. It is only a lack of understanding of the allness of God which leads you to believe in the existence of matter or that matter can frame its own conditions contrary to the law of spirit. Health is the consciousness of the unreality of pain and disease, or rather the absolute consciousness of harmony and of nothing else. We can become conscious here and now of a cessation of death, sorrow, and pain. This is instead a foretaste of absolute Christian science. Take heart, dear sufferer, for this reality of being will surely appear sometime and in some way. There will be no more pain, and all tears will be wiped away. When you read this, remember Jesus' words, the kingdom of God is within you. This spiritual consciousness is therefore a present possibility. It is the purpose of divine love to resurrect the understanding and the kingdom of God, the reign of harmony already within us. Through the word that is spoken unto you, you are you made free. Abide in his word and it shall abide in you. And healing Christ 
will again be made manifest in the flesh, understood and glorified. Christian science brings to light truth and its supremacy, universal harmony, the entireness of God, good, and the nothingness of evil. Truth is affirmative and confers harmony. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Let us sing hymn number 234. O Master, let me walk with thee in lowly paths of service free. Tell me thy secret. Help me to bear the strain of toil, the fret of care. Hymn number 234.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. At all our meetings and services, we read from the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has a wonderful collection of the finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. There are other writings by Mrs. Eddy and also writings by people who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. We also have several other websites in quite a few different languages so that people all around the world can find the healing and protecting message of Christian science in their own language. So feel free to look through our websites. There is no charge at all for reading or listening to anything on our websites. And we are happy to say that we have members and regular participants at our church services from all around the United States and the world. Our Bible study for February will be held on the Saturday after next, that's February 12th at 10 a.m. The questions are already posted on the church website under the This Week's Lesson tab, along with some helpful notes. <clears throat> so be sure to join us on Saturday morning, February 12th at 10 o'clock. Our publishing and mailing departments have been very busy. The latest forum highlights has been printed and put in the mail and the January issue of Love is the Liberator has also been published and mailed. So you'll have plenty of fine reading to do. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. These are wonderful sessions that help us to fine tune our understanding of Christian science and to better understand how to live this science in our daily lives. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then, right after the round table, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to tune in to both of these, the round table at 10 and the church service at 11 a.m. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. The Sunday school is open to children from anywhere. Many of the students call in on the telephone from out of state. So if you have a child who doesn't live in the area and would like to attend, call the church to get the phone number and they can attend by phone too. We'll be very happy to welcome your children. <clears throat> and we also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, be sure to bring the little ones along too. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled 
testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each one of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jeremy. I am very grateful to be here tonight and for all that I have learned here in Plainfield about Christian science. I wanted to give gratitude tonight for a revelation that I've had pretty recently that helped me to get real peace with my past. During the years before I came here, I truly tried to be a good son and husband and father and worker to the best of my ability at the time. I didn't drink or smoke or do anything I felt would be disloyal to the people I was with. I was always where I said I would be. And despite that, everything kept crashing down around me. Family was always upset with me. Marriages always ended in failure. Jobs felt like they went nowhere. By the time I arrived here in Plainfield, I knew that I was ready to move forward on a different path because that old way of living just clearly was not working. But it wasn't until recently that I truly and clearly understood why it didn't work. It wasn't because of who I was with or where I lived or the type of work I was doing. It was because it was all done humanly and without God. Anytime we find ourselves working from the standpoint of the human mind, everything will crash and burn eventually. Human mind is never on our side. Coming here and learning about Christian science and working with a practitioner here has been so important for me. I've learned to truly trust God and to listen for divine inspiration all day long. I've learned that God is the only attraction. So any attempt at a relationship of any kind without God in the middle cannot last. But now with God at the center of all my interactions and my work, Life has been fulfilling and joy-filled in a way it never could have been before. I'm so thankful for this understanding, which could only come from Christian science as taught in this church, and for the peace I now have. Thank you.
And now we have testimony from Patricia in Canada. A long time ago, I was working in advertising as an assembly paste-up artist. The bottom of the pile, so to speak. But I loved that job. Once, when I was applying at a new company, I let it be known that if the position ever opened up for a production manager, I would like to be among those to be considered for it. After a while, that position did open up, but I wasn't interviewed for it. Instead, another girl was quick to be given the job. I couldn't understand it because I knew that she had no portfolio or prior experience, and it seemed that she was awarded the job because she was coochie-cooing up to the boss, and I had not been prepared to do that. When she handed out jobs, we all felt that she did so in a demeaning way, and she didn't allow anyone to ask any questions whenever her vague directions often couldn't be understood by us. However, as I watched her, I could see that she would organize certain things in different ways than I sometimes did, and they were very efficient. So I watched closely and learned. From my Bible studies, I knew that I was not obeying the commandment, Thou shalt not covet, due to my wanting her job. After praying, I realized that the divine mind is the placement officer and that everything is in its right place when spiritually perceived. The turning point in my thinking came when I completely stopped outlining and I realized that nothing could be added that would make things better for me than they already always were since I was in love's presence doing love's work. I stopped criticizing and appreciated her more and more, even though she was still hard to work with. But I decided to mind my own business and focus on loving and doing the best job I could to the glory of God. Within a few days, she announced that she had been hired to do a better job elsewhere, and she just suddenly left. Without an interview, I was given the promotion to production manager. God moved me into that new role only when I was first made ready, as I did need practical and spiritual training. By observing, I had learned the thou shalt nots of giving out jobs abusively, not allowing questions, and that I shouldn't covet, as well as the thou shalts of treating others well, using organizational skills specific to the job, trusting God's plan, and being humble. All this would be required in that tough job ahead. But now I was ready, and I loved that position with all its challenges. Also, it comforts me that no matter what evil or destructive human plans or agendas the human mind may invent, God's plan overrules all else. I'm very grateful that God has moved me now into the position of membership in the Plainfield Church, where I am again training to learn about how to go about life scientifically in service to God.
my employer. Thank you. Thank you very much for the beautiful readings tonight and the beautiful music. I'm very grateful for the deep life-changing lessons and healing that I am receiving from my practitioner here at Plainfield and working for this cause of Christian science. I've had uh, several recently, but tonight the one I'm most grateful for is uh, um, realizing the great need to keep the flame of love and gratitude deep and strong. Gratitude to God, to Christ Jesus, and Mrs. Eddy, my practitioner and fellow church members. This is keeping oil in the lamp. I thought I was being grateful enough as I buzzed around my days, and I did have many things that I was grateful for. But what I drifted away from was the necessary feeling of reverence and respect and love for Mrs. Eddy and Christian science, the kind that burns within you as described by the disciples on the walk to Emmaus after Jesus spoke to them after his resurrection. Gilbert Carpenter writes in Mary Baker Eddy's Spiritual Footsteps in chapter one, quote, Mrs. Eddy's concern as leader, since she was endeavoring to wean her students from the narrow conception which fancied that sitting in a chair and saying God is love constituted the demonstration of Christian science. As she once said to a student, you may sit in your chair all day and say over beautiful words and it does not amount to anything. It is the spirit that is needed." End quote. When faced with problems, as I drifted away from this gratitude, I began using human will and allowed things to go unhealed. And then I started dumping it on my practitioner. I was not taking responsibility for my own spiritual work to be guided by the mind of God. I was trying to fix negative things such as resentment and jealousy with human effort instead of truly purging it with Christian science. Some of this I had harbored for years, and although I knew it was wrong and I didn't want it, I was using human effort. I believe this would not have happened if I had really kept the flame of love and gratitude full in my heart. We are warned that we will lose what we are not grateful for, and we will no longer be useful to God. As this was brought to my attention, and the flame of gratitude returned for all that God is doing in my life, I could feel the huge difference, and the joy and clarity return in the redemptive grace of God's love. Now, as I'm reading Science and Health, powerful lines are standing out that are healing and reaching deep and, and clearing my thought and, and healing. I'm so grateful for it and I'm seeing how truly this is the only way we can solve anything. I'm very, very grateful for our good God, Christ Jesus, Mrs. Eddy, and my practitioner and this wonderful independent church. Thank you. Thank you. Dale from Virginia, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you for those wonderful readings on 
the heaven or harmony we seek is right here. I'd like to share something that shows, as was read, that the tabernacle of God is with men. On Sunday, the Plainfield Church calendar statement said, quote, It does not matter how dire your situation may seem or how trapped you might feel. God will provide a way, end quote. Mary Beth Singletary. The promise of this statement has been proven over and over again. The following is such an account, which was printed in the Christian Science Sentinel in 1910. Quote, Young Mr. and Mrs. Clark from Montana were both devoted students of Christian science. Mr. Clark was also a mining engineer, and accompanied by his wife, he had gone deep into a great forest to examine a mine. On the day of their arrival at their proposed camp, they found themselves surrounded by a forest fire which grew to huge proportions with no way of escape. Together with the five miners, they battled the flames at times beating out the fire on one another's clothing or going down to the ground for a breath of air. All this time, the Clarks were doing their best to declare the power of God to save them. At a terrifying crisis, after they had been battling the flames for more than seven hours, Mrs. Clark called to her husband, Oh, let's despise the danger. God never made it. This would ha have to destroy God before it could destroy his reflection. This was the turning point. And soon what seemed a miracle appeared. A long, green, unburned path, which the fire had passed around, and along which all seven found their way to safety. End quote. This account may be found in a biography of Mary Baker Eddy, The Womanhood of God, Volume 3, The Forever Leader, by Doris Grickle. And that was page 565. And this book is available at thebookmark.com. And I thank you so much for this service tonight. I thank you for the readings again and the testimonies and the beautiful music. Thank you. Thank you. Gary. Well, I've had so many life-saving lessons here that I'm grateful for. I was thinking recently about one um, Mrs. Evans was uh, our teacher and practitioner when we got here, was very good about teaching us lessons um, that we needed to learn. <laughs> she had a clear understanding of what I needed to learn, I think. And there's a statement in Science and Health that um, she taught us about one day. And the statement, uh, the quote that uh, Mrs. Eddy wrote goes, we must forsake the foundation of material systems, however time-honored, if we would gain the Christ as our only Savior. 
And she went on to mention that one of the material systems that all of us have to uh, forsake or learn to forsake is the idea that we belong to human parents, that we belong to other family members, or that their children belong to them, all because there is this so-called human connection. Well, this was a tough one for me, because um, I kind of liked my family. <laughs> but uh, Mrs. Eddy also wrote that family should be the this may not be a direct quote, but family should be the center, but not the boundary of the affections. And then uh, Mrs. Evans went on to explain that there is a higher sense of family that applies to all of us, that there is a family of God where God is the only father, mother of all of us that my human parents are God's children, just as I am, that my so-called human children are God's children, just as I am, and none of us here on earth belongs to anybody else here on earth. We all belong to God. And as Jesus once said, and is in the Bible that, uh, you know, my real family are those who love and do the will of God and are honest and are humble. And I found a great family among people who I am not related to. And uh, that is the closest and clearest and strongest and best and really the only sense of family that I have learned to love. Well, as this realization has become cemented in my consciousness, uh, it has freed me of so many things, uh, so many restrictions, limitations, so many problems. It has improved my relationships with my human family members Sometimes it has surprised them, but it has always improved our relationships. And it does the way with the idea that we can inherit any bad traits. So I am just very grateful for the teaching that I've received here, for uh, the many lessons that I have learned that has changed my life grateful to be a member of this church and uh, thank you Florence for the fine readings and it's so good to be with you all tonight. Thank you. Shardy. Good evening. Tonight I would like to express my gratitude for this amazing Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church and how it operates under God's law and direction every day. Last week we had a membership meeting where all the committees gave their detailed reports 
as well as an accounting for all the money spent in maintaining this God's house. Everything done here is to the glory of God. I noticed several years ago that every decision is taken to prayer before any job or purchase is made, even such things as paper for printing or a new roof. Economy, wisdom, and frugality are the components of righteous prayer for all activities here. This church also supports the Plainfield community at large in certain instances, and it is done discreetly and wisely. It is very heartwarming and satisfying to observe such outstanding day-to-day -day order and structure of God's Plainfield Independent Church. Thank you. Thank you. Janet from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. I am so grateful that God brought me to this church. I'm learning, as a previous testifier said, so much. I'm able to apply, apply it to my daily life. I would like to give gratitude tonight for an experience I had, <clears throat> excuse me, many years ago. It seemed like every time I planned a trip to visit my family, something would come up, would try to, to deter the trip. One evening, while I was packing for a trip, I walked into the den and asked my husband what he would like to take. And he said, well, we have a problem. There seems to be a squirrel stuck between the firebox and the wall. I don't think we can go, we can't leave him there. And it's late, we can get, can't get anyone to come out and take care of him, so we'll have to postpone the trip. Well, my disappointment was great. But I left the den and started packing. And as I was packing, I stopped for one moment and I said, Father, this is your child, this little squirrel. You can show him the way out. And I know no harm can come to him, for I know he hears your voice. Later that evening, I had finished packing and went to talk to my husband. And he said the squirrel had gotten out somehow. He said he hadn't heard him for at least a half an hour, so that our plans were still on and we could leave the scheduled time. This statement from Proverbs Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and he will direct your path. That's Proverbs 3. And this also from Mrs. Eddy. God is ever-present and ready to help me, and I trust in him. My faith is planted on a rock that is immovable. I'm so grateful that we can turn to God in every instance. He is a very present help. And the one big lesson that I have learned is not my will, but his be done. And when I do that, everything turns out very harmoniously. We proceeded on our trip, and we had a wonderful time. My family was happy to see me, and, and I, of course, was happy to see them. 
I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful to God, our leader, Mary Baker Eddy. I'm grateful to my practitioner who is guiding me. And I am grateful to be here this evening. Thank you so very much. Thank you. With all the storms we've been having lately, it uh, reminds me of the, the time I was coming home from uh, being on a trip, and a nor'easter storm had developed off the coast. And uh, uh, I was getting practitioner help on the trip and also praying myself uh, that the, the uh, trip was going to be harmonious and that there wouldn't be any difficulties. And uh, as we were getting ready to come into Newark Airport, the pilot said, we're going to have a very bumpy landing. Uh, there's a nor'easter going on down below us, and um, it's going to be quite a, quite a ride. So I kept praying, and I, one of my favorite things that um, is in Watches, Prayers, and Arguments that Mrs. Eddy has used in uh, handling the weather, that the face of God is there, and I can see it. Uh, so I prayed with that a lot, and I knew my practitioner was, was working as well. And all of a sudden, there were stars, and <laughs> the, um, the, the, the landing was not bumpy. It was perfectly calm and perfectly comfortable. And as we were leaving the plane, I saw the pilot was talking to someone, and I overheard him say, I've never seen anything like that in my life. He said, as we were coming into the airport, the storm was moving out. And he was just so amazed. And I was extremely grateful to God because it's only the power of God that could have done that. We had a perfectly comfortable landing and everyone got off the plane fine and dandy. And um, it just was, uh, was the power of God, the hand of God taking care of the whole plane and everyone in it. So very, very grateful for Christian Science and for all the wonderful demonstrations that we've had of God's love. And thank you. <clears throat> Sharon. One of the first experiences I had when I first came to this church, I went to a meeting, a church meeting, and after the meeting, there was ice and snow on the ground, and I got stuck with my car. No one was around. I never drove on snow before, and I had no idea what to do. So I just asked God, and I got the thought to call a practitioner. And I was met with so much love, and she gave me from Mrs. Eddy's hymn, Love looseth thee and lifteth thee, a yond hates thrall. And she said, just go back to your car, be peaceful, and pull out. And that's exactly what happened. I, I never forgot that. That was um, something I had never saw. I never saw anything like that in my life. And like I said, it was my first experience driving in the snow. And I'm grateful to say God's always taken care of me since that time. I'm just so grateful for the lessons that we learn in this church, for there is an answer for every problem. And thank you for the beautiful readings. Thank you. Carol. Thank 
Kara from New Mexico. Go ahead, please. Thank you for the wonderful readings, Florence. Um, on Sunday's roundtable, uh, everybody was talking about the importance of, of sometimes a, a good rebuke or wake-up call, and it made me think of something that happened last week when I was uh, on a very long road trip, three-day road trip. And um, as I was leaving the place I was staying, early in the morning, it was still dark out, um, <clears throat> I wasn't looking where I was going, and I smacked into a big beam, and it knocked me down to the ground. And I immediately began to pray, claiming that there is no pain in truth. And uh, this was really, really helpful. And I was able to pack up the car and keep going. But as I drove away, I felt like there were a lot of fearful thoughts clamoring for my attention. And, um, and two stuck out. Um, one was that um, in, if we're not paying attention when we're praying for the world, and reading the news, sometimes all of the the medical news or the fearful news can start to seem real. And also, as we get older, the idea that um, there are all of these things that do not come from God that begin to, if we don't pay attention and usher them out of consciousness, they can start to seem more real than they did when we were younger, or certainly than we were children. And um, so... I realized that this was a wake-up call and a real opportunity to pray about this. So I turned on the testimony meeting um, from last week, uh, which I hadn't been able to attend because I was driving, and I began to listen to it. And I just was so moved by the powerful testimonies last last week. And all of a sudden, I remembered um, this funny thing that had happened. Um, uh, I was, uh, I decided this was many years ago. I wanted to learn how to snowboard. And so I took a, a group lesson, which consisted of the instructor, me, and a bunch of seven-year-old boys. And the seven-year-old boys just got it right away. They were just zipping along and they would fall down and get up and they were laughing. Well, every time I fell down, I felt like I, I understood those comic strip characters where they saw stars and it was really challenging. So I wasn't going to give up. So I took a, another snowboarding lesson, but this time without the seven-year-old boys, I took a private lesson. And on my first run down, I fell down constantly. And on the lift up, I said to the ski instructor, the snowboard instructor, who was like 18, uh, I said, oh, I just, you know, really don't like falling down. And he looked me in the eye and he said, dude, you have to get over the idea that falling is bad. And I looked at him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. And as we went up the rest of the hill, I looked below me, and all the skiers were upright and making these beautiful turns, but snowboarders fall all the time, and they sit all the time. They're on the ground constantly. And I thought, you know, when I was a kid, falling didn't seem bad. But this idea as I got older that there was a right way to, uh, to be a grown-up and it didn't involve falling down, well, you know, after that, snowboarding became this pure, pure joy for me. And it was this incredible um, understanding for me that if we are as little children, then we can keep that 
that open-mindedness, and we're seeing everything as God sees it, and not as the human sees it. And so I realized that that's really what's happened to me since I've been at Plainfield, that I had this sort of idea of Christian science, that we're all supposed to sort of shush down the mountain and make these beautiful turns and go have some apres-ski conviviality, whereas Plainfield is a lot more like snowboarding, where you have to get over the idea that falling is bad. And I just burst out laughing, and I felt so full of joy at this realization. Well, that at that moment, I heard God say to me, <laughs> and I, I, it is true, he, God said, well, you do always say you like a good spiritual kick in the head. That's what you got this morning, a nice spiritual kick upside the head. And it was true. It was this beautiful opportunity for me to see through a lie and claim the allness of God. And so Sunday's Roundtable which spoke a lot about this and the opportunity to demand the blessing and see the joy and gratitude in every fall uh, is has been one of the great gifts of Plainfield. Thank you so much for the readings tonight and for all of these wonderful meetings for all of us who listen from afar. Thank you. Day Day from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Today's calendar quote reads, Getting out of trouble, you know, is simply a matter of waking up. By Peter V. Roth. This is one of the greatest lessons I've learned through my study of Christian science in this church. All that we have on the website, combined with years of daily experiences, have led me to the understanding that there truly are no problems because there is nothing too big for God to handle. I'm learning that there is no question I can be presented with or challenge I can be faced with that God doesn't already have the answer to. When I find myself feeling afraid, overwhelmed, stuck, or confused, I now know that the true remedy is to wake up mentally and get my thought right back to God. Learning to start my day with prayer and continue throughout is what helps me to remember to call out to my loving Father at any time. And even if his response seems delayed, he always answers and answers right on time. I'm so thankful for learning to live this way. Thank you for the readings, the music, and all of the testimonies tonight. I'm very grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. I am so grateful to Mary Baker Eddy for all that she has given us. It's amazing. Uh, it's through this learning, studying Christian science, that I realized that heaven was not somewhere. And it seems like we're all looking for that harmony. And yet he says it's within us. This kingdom is within us, the reign of harmony within us. And I like what she says in 154 of miscellaneous writings, that it is the purpose of divine love to resurrect the understanding and the kingdom of God, the reign of harmony already within us. Through the word that is spoken unto you, 
are you made free. Abide in his word, and it shall abide in you. And the healing Christ will again be made manifest in the flesh, understood and glorified. I mention this because in the practice and as well as what I used to do, there are so many good instruction or just little truths that come that I never rested with. This resting in God does not mean, you know, sleeping. It means trusting more the truth that God has spoken all through someone is being spoken to me. Either someone says it or by inspiration, you, you're hearing these things said. And I found that when I kept these words that came, in those quiet moments, sometimes I'll be crying and this beautiful words would come. When I paid attention to it and kept it in my heart and meditated on it, it is what freed me from the disturbance in thinking. And that often gave me the peace that I was looking for, the harmony that I was seeking. I just wanted to mention that I'm very grateful for science coming to our family, for what is done for us so far. I'm grateful to continue to learn what this truth can do for all mankind. I pray that as people get to know this church, they're learning also what so much, so many have already written about. And of course, what Mrs. Eddie has left for all mankind. So happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. A few things to read tonight. The, the first from Virginia. Sincere gratitude for our beautiful and inspiring service. That was this past Sunday. The reader spoke so clearly and made it easy to listen to this lesson on love. I also want to thank the musicians and singers and the roundtable host. Thank you all. And then another from Virginia. Many thanks for the wonderful roundtable and inspiring church service on Sunday, January 30th. Laura's sweet voice singing Love Grows Here and accompanied by Jared, both singing and playing, brought tears to my eyes. I have listened several times already. Thanks and blessings to all. Love certainly does grow here. In Illinois, this morning I was listening to the lesson and my thought became, dis be my thought became distracted, so I restarted the lesson. My thought became distracted again and again, and each time I restarted the lesson, knowing that mortal mind was trying to keep me from hearing the word of God that I needed to hear. Finally, I got past the third Bible section. Yay, a wonderful lesson, which I look forward to studying and studying. So grateful that my thought is more and more attuned to God and my spiritual consciousness is growing stronger and stronger. I looked up the word attuned to find the correct spelling and one of its definitions is to make harmonious. So true that right thinking makes everything more harmonious. With much love. And then Australia. This quote in Signs and Health reveals a Mary Baker Eddy gem I can empathize with. I'm sharing the gem 
as a post so that you may also appreciate it. And it's, um, quote, Mary Baker Eddy subscribed to an orthodox creed in early youth and tried to adhere, adhere to it until she caught the first gleam of that which interprets God as, a, as above mortal sense. End quote. And then this from California. My readings took me to the poems of Grace White, a Christian scientist who lived in New York. She wrote a poem for each season, and I wanted to share what she wrote about Pleasant View in winter. Pleasant View being Mrs. Eddy's home in Concord, New Hampshire. And this poem is from February 24, 1906 issue. Pleasant View in Winter by Grace White. On bush and tree and bare brown earth, the glistening snow, the wind is heaping, and far beyond the sloping hills, the lengthening shadows now are creeping. From out the garden's frosty beds, no flower faces now are peeping. Beneath its shiny, icy covers, the little pond is soundly sleeping. And then this from England. Thank you very much for the excellent roundtable last Sunday, which I've listened to a couple of times. So interesting that we have to be listening to ensure we are guided by God in all that we do, even good works, so that we're guided to do the right thing, not just the humanly good thing. Quite a thought that that way we are growing our apples, not just tying them onto the tree. Thank you so much, with much love and gratitude. And then this is from Hawaii. Recently, while reading the Gospel according to John, I thought it might be good to listen to a version of it. After searching YouTube, I came across one read by David Suchet, who immortalized Agatha Christie's long-running Poirot mystery series. He has a voice that is both rich and mesmerizing at the same time, so I began to listen to it. I'm not familiar with the Bible version he was using, but it lacked the richness and context of the King James Version that we use at Plainfield. It quickly became a disappointment. The dramatic tenor he affected and the interpretation of the dialogue seemed overdone and lacked sincerity. There wasn't a moment to reflect nor absorb it thoughtfully. It was truly full of the letter, but not the spirit, despite his theatrical tone. This brings me to the point I wanted to make. We are so lucky to have such wonderful and dedicated readers at our church who read the weekly Bible lesson with simple, pure, and honest voices. I am so grateful for this and grateful that Plainfield is not full of theatrical displays that may easily snare an audience but lack the meat needed for growth. Just wanted to share this. Much aloha to all. I, I have to say I do agree with that. Sometimes people ask me if I've listened to other things, um, other religious things on YouTube. Rarely do I ever listen to anything but that which is uh, put forth from this church because you do feel that great sincerity in the in the voices and also the the feeling that it's it's not just words to them it's something they love and that they've proven 
and that gives it the clout and the depth that is so necessary. I'm very grateful tonight for those readings and also the beautiful hymns we sang. I love the attention that was given tonight to the Lord's Prayer. It's something that I've been working with to a greater degree. It's very easy just to read it very quickly or say it to yourself very quickly and not really think about how powerful it is, what a powerful statement of truth and a treatment it is. And the words, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Mrs. Eddy's spiritual translation of it, Thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. To me, this is a very simple but clear key to how to demonstrate heaven on earth. To know this, to know that God's kingdom is come, he is ever-present. And then to ask God to enable, to enable me to know that word enable, to supply with power or ability, to furnish with complete knowledge and skill. Please help me to know that as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. If we know this, we know that God's kingdom is come and that he is ever-present, and ask God to help us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, his omnipotence and his supremacy. That is heaven on earth. It's so powerful. Every sentence in that Lord's Prayer is so powerful and Mrs. Eddy's interpretation of it. I've vowed to myself, I will never just listen to it aimlessly, so to speak, or not with my whole heart and soul engaged in it. So I'm so very grateful for those beautiful readings, the theme tonight, our beautiful music, and to be with you here. And have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Linda, to close our meeting, would you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 181. Loving Father, we thy children look to thee in fierce dark night, while the angels of thy presence guide us upward to the light. Hymn number 181. <clears throat>